Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. We are on Blog Talk Radio. This is a Project Purpose Kim Network, and yes, I am simulcasting on Facebook Live, and I'm also on Blog Talk Radio. So welcome, everybody, and let's get started. Uh, this is the show Self-Expressions, and I am your host, Brother Robert Pop-Pop Hudson. Welcome, everybody, and um, of course, get comfortable, and I will be uh, reading from a couple of scriptures, and it's Everything's going to be based off of First uh, John chapter five seven, John five twenty seven, Philippians two eleven, and Luke one thirty six. We're also going to cover uh, John three sixteen, Isaiah fifty three three and five, and also we're going to go through Revelations one eight. Hope you guys are comfortable, and um, I hope that um, you're all feeling safe and, and comfortable in your homes and relaxing and getting ready to wind down for the evening. So uh, real quickly, um, we're going to go over a topic that um, has uh, always, you know, been, uh, you know, um, in question. You know, uh, is Allah, you know, the true God? Is God the true God? Uh, Right now, I want to go back into – a time where I spent uh, not many years, but I say a couple of years in Islam. And in Islam, uh, it was a, it was a time that it was needed for me in my life. It was a time where I was able to um, find comfort and also peace within myself, uh, studying Islam and um, all the all the teachings that go along with Islam. And yes, um, Islam is what it's supposed to be uh it's supposed to be a peaceful religion any religion that does not have any part of peace in it is not really a religion and uh yes we do hear what's going on right now in the middle east where there is turmoil uh there is attacks and uh yes um israel's claiming you know defense uh which it, it should everybody has a right to defend itself but in in term when you talk about eradicating uh, another human being, another human being uh, that's going well beyond defending yourself. And um, to me, you know, there's no defense in trying to er- eradicate somebody. All right. And so um, I want to go into um, if anybody is familiar with, with Islam, um, there was a couple of notes that I, I did take, and I happened to come across them. And yes, you know, when you make a conversion to Islam. Yes, you, you know, forsake other religions, and yes, you do, you know, uh, proclaim, you know, Allah is, you know, the true God. Okay, so um, skipping past that for right now, all right, we're going to go, and I want to go into some of my notes that I had and that I'm, I'm rereading right now. And what it did was it was at a part where I got comfortable with Islam and I started studying and what happened was that there was a couple of references in the Quran, and 
after reading these, excuse me, reading these references, um, it started bringing me back to Christianity, and it started also um, going back uh, to where you know I, I started. So I actually I actually came full circle, you know, uh, studying Islam and understanding some of the things. So um, and the Quran has 114 chapters and various verses. You know, on the surface states that God has no son. You know, all the references could be found um, actually to the the chapter of Surah. And uh, so I'm going to read uh, Surah uh, 17, verses 111. Praise be to God who has adopted no son and has no partner in control. He needs no protector against pettiness. Magnify him greatly. Okay, so I, I just started breaking down that chapter and it says adopt begotten taken begot chose all these words are used in basically a negative sense and the one thing you want to do find comfort is you want to find a comfort in where there's peace and there is no negativity reflected on anything that you're you're reading or studying or trying to incorporate into yourself and so when i read that um, I was kind of confused. So then later on, you know, um, I went down to uh, Surah 1935. And it benefited not Allah that he should take onto himself a son. Glory be to him. When he decreeth a thing, he set up onto it only. Be, and it is. Okay, and so when I, I read that, I had to go down further, and I went to Surah 1992, and it it all it states it is not befitting to the compassionate that he should begat a son. And when I read that, I said, okay. I said, well, you know, um, I'm a little bit confused here. And as I was was talking to uh, you know most of my brothers, you know in Islam, and we were talking and we um <clears throat> we were conversing, you know we came to the, to the conclusion that, you know um. The the Allah that is being referred here. And the way and the mannerism of what he's saying, is that it's just me and that's it. When. You know, when I had to read it again, then we started conversing again, and then we went through some other verses. You know, and the other verses is, um, you know, and by all means, I'm not um, bashing any religion, thing like that. The uh, the only religion that, you know, um, should be under scrutiny is the Roman Catholic Church. Um, and in that sense, I'm not saying that to bash that as a religion or as anything that people practice. Um, you believe what you believe. But the one thing that we do know throughout time is the Roman Catholic Church have been scrutinizing, penalizing, and also harboring, you know, for years, um, pedophiles that they know as priests. You know, anybody that, you know, converses or conspire with somebody that they know that do wrong, and especially a, a church, you know, should not have any um, the the kind of, I guess, absolute um, rule 
over that religion that they harbor and hide, you know, such criminals as pedophiles. And uh, yes, you know, I'm saying yes, you know, everybody should have a united front as of what the Roman Catholic Church has been getting away with for many, many years. It's something that, um, that we have to, you know, look at ourselves as people and say how long we're going to allow this to continue. But, you know, getting back to my subject, you know, I have other references, and it's uh, Surah 23, uh, uh, Surah 2391 and 112, you know, and they are very similar, and they have just one thing in common, that they deny that Allah, are, you know, Allah God has a son or begotten a son or whatever in other words, as far as Allah is concerned, no son. No matter what the son is obtained, no son. It doesn't matter which way you get the son. It's irrelevant. You know, simply he has no son. That's it. You know, and to understand the Quran saying God has no son, we need to do a proper, uh, a, a proper reading and statement. And you know, just just a part of of, of where you know we're asking the right you know, that, that, we, that we're asking the right logical question. You know, um, I was new in the religion, and so, yes, after hear, hearing and reading, you know, I had many questions that I wanted to, um, that I want to answer. So, well, much thought, you know, a traditional Muslim has concluded that these passages were absolute statements rather than relative ones. An absolute statement means it's not possible for God to have a son which such conclusions, they never thought that they had, you know, um, God to be limited. You know, what's possible for God? That means under no circumstances and under any conceivable way, God could have a son. You know, so it, it means that it's absolute that that there is no way that God had a son, and he had no son, and that's it, it's finished. You know, a lot of teachers of Islam have the tendency of telling others to just accept traditions and not ask, you know, because you might go to oblivion if you ask too many questions. So to, to, so traditions to uh, what what they're saying is that what they're teaching is, is never wrong and ask no questions. Sadly, it's the way it has been. So let's, let's approach this from a very general view where we approach these texts you know, um, that we we read previously. And so if we respectively question them from, you know, different angles, you know, to let us get a, a, a very good general view that or they're saying that Allah had no son, you know, first we should ask, you know, do you mean absolutely or relatively? And basically the reply should be absolutely no son. God cannot have a son. You know, we have not had a son you know he, he has not had a son he never had a son and you know it goes on from there so whatsoever was conceivable in our mind you know that he cannot never have a son and if you ask yourself you know the very question you know why would god not have a son why would he not you know if he loved us so much if he walked with us so much why would god not have a son well, you know, you can if you, you know if you can understand you know the way Islam is presented and how Islam has 
you know, presented himself here in America, Islam is not the true Islam that we've read and heard about. Uh, Islam is not the Islam that has come from Mecca, uh, from where the birthplace of Islam first started. And you say, well, how how can it, there be any uh, confusion, or how can we not know um, where you know this uh, this this religion Islam comes from? Well, it comes from various reasons and the same various factions that are have taken hold of the Middle East. It's, Islam has has been taken over as a comfort religion, where people that have reckless uh, non-anticipation of life, where they have no structure whatsoever, where they can come and you know find some comfort in the religion of Islam, and yes. Um, there are times, especially uh, being a black man in America, where we find uh, a lot of confusing things, a lot of turmoil, where uh, we just want to have whole grasp of something that has structure and some some real results as far as reflective in this world. And yes, as you know, as I was reading, yes, uh, we do want to run away and and present you know, a mask of what reality really is and how it's happening. Okay, so uh, when I say we wear a mask, you know, it basically thing where we can get away from ourselves, where we can hide, you know, where we can hide, you know, whatever part that we have that's hurting, whether we're trying to hide our eyes. You know, um, this debt we pay to being, you know, human, it's, it's something that naturally happens, you know, where we are, basically torn, bleeding hearts, you know, we smile when we are hurting. And actually, you know, uh, we want to have that that hidden mask where, you know, we should hide ourselves from the world where we are actually con- constantly in character and not being ourselves. And so let me just uh, put it to you this way. You know, when we wear the mask and even though we smile, you know, and, and we, you know, we cry out, and basically, we're, we're tortured souls where uh, we, we just are wandering, wandering this world. And, you know, even when we sing, you know, we still hurt. Even though we laugh, we, we still hurt. And for that and for that very reason, you know, there, is, there are multiple entities out in the world where they harp on that, where they harp on our, our, our sorrow, our misery. And they try to turn it into something where we're feeling a great deal of joy, where it's overcoming, and it's you know it's 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 a uh, it's actually making us feel more happy than what we actually are. You know, it's making us you know feel like we have this great joy of whatever product it is, whatever social media event, you know. It's actually magnifying when you know once once we're alone and once we you know we disconnect from this activity, it makes us think that we need this activity and we have to go to this activity and we have to use this product or that product or we're not going to feel any kind of joy at all. That's the kind of mass that we that that we're under that where we hide from the actual reality of this world where we make ourselves think that we're happy 
when we engage in certain things, when we do certain things. And that's the part of the separation from us and God where, you know, we just don't have that godly joy where we have gotten away what God has promised us. And God has promised us a great deal, and we have not asked God, but we reach out to these certain things that now we got into the point where we're idolizing. You know, we're not we're not real. You know, we have set limitations on our, on ourselves, and we're basically phonies. And we're mere shadows of what God intended us to be. You know, we've taken on roles. We play parts. We wear masks. We're not real. Simply, we're not real. And it starts when we were tiny children. You know, little girls, they put on makeup. They're trying to look like they're grown, you know, and they're trying to look like they're grown-up glamorous women. When in truth, you know, they can be nothing more beautiful than just a little girl, just as God made them. You know, if we're if we want proof, let me show you the picture of a little boy. And as he puts on, you know, his sneakers, and you know, they're Michael Jordans, and he thinks he can he can look like and act like Michael Jordan. But in truth, there's nothing more appealing than just a nine-year-old little boy meaning, meaning to just run and play basketball. But we start wearing masks very early. You know, we're not being real. We, we actually contribute to this because we buy those sneakers. We buy those little makeup kits, those little houses where the kids are, are playing, you know, playing and they're acting like they're getting married. They're acting like they're, they're doing adult situations, you know, and it starts early. It starts early on where we are, you know, helping incorporating this fakeness, this mask that we that we're wearing. And it all starts in, in the complex of how can we fall into such traps? How can we, you know, uh, contribute to uh, something that we just don't believe in? And it started, you know, um, you know, like I said, when I was in Islam, it, it started where I started losing faith in, in the country. I started losing faith in, you know, the general belief that we're going to get a fair share of, you know, what goes on in this country, that things will never change, that things is always going to remain the same. And the one thing that um, that I did grasp onto was just the overall feeling that, you know, I had a whole lot of brothers that felt the same way. I, I met a lot of people that felt, you know, that they were not going to be, you know, determined to let what society that has, uh, you know, masked and hit us and praises us when, you know, we become athletes or we become, you know, great poets or authors or, or whatever. You know, uh, there there is um, no uh, understandably enjoyable moment, you know, when Rodney King was videotaped getting beaten. You know, they wanted to get that out of the way and, and sweep that under the rug. But yet, um, thousands and thousands of times, we saw the image of Rodney King. And the first thing that we could think of is that, you know, this has been happening for a long time. You guys are just seeing it. Yes, um, that was the, the sentiment at the time, that when the Rodney King video uh, was played over and over and over again, and it swelled up the anger of, you know, black Americans. And at the time, we didn't have anywhere where we could turn to and we can say that um, 
yes, this has been an unfair practice, and you guys have just seen it, and you guys are now outraged. You've been saying this for years. Well, it's the same thing about a lot of things that we also say for years, that, yes, we you know, we also plant the notion and the seed that, yes, yeah, we're not real. Yes, we're fake. Uh, yes, we, yes, we do shut aside, you know, some of the, the revelations that we do have and we put it aside because of the popularity of being more, you know, being more than a, a singularity, but a part of a group. Um, yes, we do have that, that group mentality where it's safety in numbers. All right, so um, just going, um, just moving on. And so basically when we die, you know, then that's when we um, we see that, you know, when, you know, we're, we're, get, we're in a funeral and we're getting, you know, they're getting the, you know, the body made up. They do nice manicures, nice dress, nice hairstyle, uh, nice suit, nice shoes. But the first thing that we say is, you know, doesn't that person look real? You know, we haven't forgotten what it is to be real. You know, so even when we wear, uh, when you start wearing that mask so long, you start to as- associate yourself where things are not part of reality. You know, and um, I know um, not to make fun of any any body or any group of people, but you know, plus size women. You know, when they see you know the models and the actresses on TV, they say that's that's they're not real. You know, the 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 models and actresses we see on TV. They're only about two or or four percent of the population. The everyday people we see don't look like them. The every, everyday people that we see don't act like them. We inspire to be like them. You know, we have to get out of get out of the business of you know taking on and absorbing and being fake. Because once we start identifying and want to connect to a lot of these characters that we see. We start becoming fake. We start incorporating that into our life where, you know, um, I want to be like them. I want to look like them. I want to sound like them. I want to dress like them. When we get into that, 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 that area, it becomes so dangerous for us because we become like an actor. We adopt and we take on the fakeness of that person, that character, and we try to incorporate that in our life. It's the same thing as, as a, a lot of things that goes on where we incorporate a lot of the wrong things, a lot, a lot of things that's wrong about, you know, taking on, you know, the, 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 the suitability of actually carrying out, you know, what we see. And so one of the things I like that Jesus did is that uh he he's so so Jesus was real. You know, he could he could be with people who were playing very negative roles and not be threatened. Jesus was so real that it didn't matter if you were the lowest of the low and you had, you know, been told to stay in your place, to get out, you know, get out of people's face. He was comfortable with uh more than just the rejects. Jesus was in the house of Simon the leper. Simon the leper, a total outcast. 
you know, uh, the one that nobody, you know, wanted their parties, nobody wants in their living room, nobody wants to sit next to at church. You know, lepers were argue, uh, were, were totally disgusting. And, in fact, if you had, you know, um, this terrible disease, you were supposed to live outside of town, and you were sent, you know, on the road to just walk anywhere, just, you know, just basically just get away. And they were totally, uh, you know, totally um, called unclean. And as a matter of fact, um, they told them when they got near a person, they would have to say unclean, unclean, so that, you know, no one would brush against them. So if you were a leper and you wore this mask of totally being an outcast, literally something, you know, to keep the rest of us from seeing your face, um, and, and basically you were not being real, you didn't, you know, understand what was going on. Anything you know is that you're doing what you were told, which was to be an outcast, not to be seen, not to be near anybody. And when, you know, I, I would guess, you know, being a leper, you know, hiding became, I guess, commonplace, you know, wearing a veil. And when you come upon someone, you say unclean, you know, soon they will forget who they, who they really were. You know, lepers, you know, were, with somebody that were real, but they were outcasts and they were presented to be, you know, not there. But Jesus went to the house of Simon the leper and he dined there. You know, he sat at the table and accepted the food they brought. You know, he basically made it so comfortable. He, he sat himself down. And while, you know, away that day with Simon, the outcast, the nobody, the, the un, unreal, unseen person, it became Jesus who knew completely who he was. And he could sit there and he can eat with him and he and he didn't Jesus did not feel threatened not one bit. It became Jesus who totally set things real. You know, so he utterly, you know, made sure that he could be, you know, with somebody like Simon and not lose himself. You know? So who threatens you? You know, who are you uncomfortable with? Who gets you to be seen and, and not unseen, to take off that veil, to take off that mask? You know, we feel threatened when we see certain things and we feel certain things that we, we can't control. You know, we feel vulnerable. And maybe um, you can probably remember, you know, when uh, you, know, you probably didn't have two nickels together and you can get two nickels to rub together. And you come across, you know, um, somebody that's, you know, totally um, threatens the thought of that reality of remembering, you know, when you didn't have any money. You know, when you couldn't gather, you know, uh, two coins to rub together. And seeing that person uh, brings you back to the threat of, you know, um, what it is to be, you know, broke, what it is to be, you know, not to have any money. Um, having to be reduced to being, you know, um, somewhat of a beggar, you know, some someone that has to actually rely on other people to give them money. We are, you know, um, in that point where, you know, we have to understand that we have to be comfortable in ourselves. We have to be comfortable in our own skin where we just don't feel threatened about the visual sight of certain things. You know, yes. It's always frightening to say, you know, um, I'm going to be down and out at any moment. I'm living paycheck to paycheck, or I don't know 
you know, where my next dollar is coming from. And yes, it, 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 it may feel frightening. It may feel, you know, may have you feel threatened. But the one thing we have to, do, have to understand is that we do have to have faith. And when we have faith, you know, it builds on some of the uncertainties that's in life that happens to us where we are, are not comfortable because we just are not sure about the future. And to uh, to Jesus. So he came in and, he, you know, he's making us real. As he comes in, into the house of Simon, the leper, and he sat down to eat. So, you know, he will enter our lives. He will, he will be able to be there to to abide in us. You know, he will accept us as we are and then will show us what God intends us to be. And we will be made real. Jesus was so real that he could sit right down with us and basically with all our fears and insecurities and he can make us real you know but we have to we have to accept that and now once the the even you know wore on there was you know in the house of Simon the leper Jesus showed again how real he was and how he could make others real as they sat at the table a woman came with an you know with an alabaster jar of a very costly ointment. You know, she broke open the jar and pointed the ointment on Jesus' head. One of those impulsive actions of, of one uh, spur-of-the-moment thing that nobody expected was it was pretty much off the wall, and it was a way of people becoming real, people bec- accepting and becoming part of the normal. You know, the reactions basically was is predictable of, 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 you know, of everybody. It was amazement and shock, but most of all, anger. Anger when somebody takes us by surprise, we get angry. So, so um, at that moment, why was their ointment wasted in this way? And they basically scolded her. Yes, they scolded her, but Jesus broke in. Jesus stopped them. Jesus was so real and so comfortable in his own skin. Jesus so totally knew who he was. And that he could deal with the conflict and heal it. He could see anger, and he touched it gently and cured it. Jesus was so authentic, so real, that he could deal with those who were off the mark and help them and not destroy them. You know, um, and anger is a, is a tough thing to deal with. And it, it, it was, I'm quite sure it was a tough one to deal with. So, and, and it wasn't easy. And in a way, it was a sort of a crossroads. So, um, so we're not we're not very ready to listen, nor are we prepared to to be gentle when we are consumed with the emotion of anger. So, when we hear somebody say something wrong, you know, we want to jump in and we want to put them, you know, we, we want to put them down. But when somebody is doing something we dislike, you know, we want to demoralize them. We want to write them off. But look at what Jesus did. Who knows how this how 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 to disagree with someone and make it where at the end result is peaceful and is resolved. You know who who knows how to reprimand you know someone and and have that gentle touch, but also let you know that what you've done or what you said was not the norm. It, it was not what you know is it, not the proper response. So she didn't waste this ointment. He said she did something generous and noble. To those who said that something else could have been done 
you know, with her gift, Jesus pointed to them the possibilities that were that was always there. The poor you always have. You can do something for them. Go ahead. That's a good thing. You know, do that. But Jesus, knowing who he was, works to make us real by pushing us to deal with the conflict in a positive way, not a destructive way. I wish, don't you, that uh, some of our our leaders, you know, could hear, you know, the lesson that Jesus uh, showed and it could become real. You know, politicians are not real. You know, politicians are, are not real. And what they do is they totally um, change what actually happens. They have that mask and they're ready. So, um, it's you know, and some people have an overwhelming desire to win at all costs. To say that, you know, I've won and... When you do that, you actually, um, at, when you have that attitude of winning at all costs, I'm going to make this happen at all costs, you easily put on a mask. Uh, you become glued and, and, and hungry for power. And if you don't, if you don't curb it and understand, you know, where you're going and where you're heading, you know, you're going to, you're going to wear that mask. Um, I don't know how old people are, but um, basically there is the old preaching of uh, that fire and brimstone. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard that, but the fire and brimstone um, pastors where they would actually threaten you, you know, with hell and say, you know, if you you don't um, obey the commandments and you don't do this, you don't do that, there, there was always a threat of hell. You know, they always felt as though when they preached that they had to preach where there was a threat behind it. You know, um, and one thing we know is that, you know, God doesn't, he doesn't hate and he doesn't threaten. You know, he comes into your life kindly and he, he and he does it in a way that where it's pleasant. It's not um, threatening. It's not where um, you feel as though if you're not, if you don't do this, that you got to face the ultimate doom. Uh, no, um, what they were doing was actually they were letting you know that um, get your act together right now. Like you don't you don't have any more chances. Like you have to do this now. You have to um, get yourself together. If you don't, this is it. This is the end. Um, that's it. You're going to hell, and there's you know there's there's no way. Um, and so no, that's not the general approach. That's not the you know um, how Jesus would handle it. You know um. You know, Jesus had the you know the, the proper um, etiquette of introducing himself to you first, and then secondly, let you know you know um, how you can change your life. And it was um, basically uh, a life of uh, of example. Yes, everybody can't be Jesus, and everybody's you know not going to be able to um, you know understand you know the great sacrifices that he made so that, you know, we can live, you know, and ha- not have that threat of, the, of of sin hanging over us where we would feel as though we'll, it would never be resolved and that we cannot ever make up for it and that we can't repent. And um, some of us, you know, we suffer from identity crisis. 
that we have that we're not sure, you know, who we are. We're not sure if we're Angela Bassett or Holly Berry or Tom Cruise or Denzel Washington or, or what have you. But being caught in that identity crisis, you know, you have to center yourself and get, you know, get to know Jesus and get to know God and also, you know, mainly yourself. You know, um, we we do have a, a reflective reality um, that we have. You know, if you find yourself constantly watching, you know, one type of show, like uh, let's say 48 Hours or the, you know, the first 48 or um, Law and Order, you know, uh, we, we, we do have that type, you know, we have that type of personality where as though certain things creep into us. And that's why you have to center yourself, you know, reading the Bible, um, you know, conversing with, conversing with other Christians because um, practice makes perfect. You know, if we, you know, if, if we want to be a certain way, we have to practice to be a certain way. We have to try to perfect it. You know, not many people are willing to work and, and perfect a lot of things. And, um, yeah, so real quickly, I am, you know, um, moving away from, you know, what I, I was originally talking about. And that's um, basically saying that Allah had no son. And, you know, I, um, I'm i not going to go back into <clears throat> a lot of the verses that I, I do have of the Quran we're in reference, but um, we're going to go um, into 9, and we're going to go through verses 23 and 24. So real quickly, I am going to go into Luke, and um, we're going to read verses, we're going to go to chapter 9, verses um, 23 and 24. Okay, and I'm getting there right now. All right, in Luke uh, chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Okay. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him. And awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of water, and they ceased. And there was a calm. You know, yes, as, you know, we come into, you know, great moments of fear, um, you know, we fear a lot of things. We fear of losing our house, losing our car, you know, losing our jobs. You know, marginally, you know, if you think about it, if you lose any of those, that does not take away from you, and it does not destroy you. It may inconvenience you, but, yes, we do have that part where we set apart a, a panic in us when things happen, you know. And when you see when they came to Jesus, and Jesus, you know, basically was like, what are you guys fussing about? He's like, you guys are not even in danger. Don't you see me sleeping here? 
did you see me get up and start panicking and start getting buckets and try to build out water and try to, you know, pull the mass down or pull, you know, pull the cells down and say, oh, man, I don't know how we're going to make it. You know, if Jesus said that, wow, I would be in total panic. But, you know, these guys were, you know, well-seasoned. They were fishermen. You know, um, Jesus didn't have uh, a lot of experience on boats. He didn't have experience in uh, fishing. But by him calmly being there and by him just saying, you know, um, sleeping, he was sleeping, and they woke him. And, and, you know, his thing was, why are you guys panicking? You know, did you forget who you with? You know, um, you with me. And you guys are panicking. You think I would be sleeping here if you guys were truly in danger? You know, and that's the the, the thing that we had to understand. Like, all the time that even though we, we face things, we are not in total danger. We're not facing total destruction. You know, what we're doing is we sit in panic to something that's not even happening. It's like seeing smoke and there's no, no danger of fire and you're yelling fire. You know, we got to we gotta get it together. We got to get it together and we got to, uh, you know, we got to keep that calm in our life. Whereas though, yes, we do have, we'll have seasons of some things not going right, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's total, it's time to, to, to hit the, the, the panic button. It's, it's not, it's not time to do that. So um, uh, real quickly, I'm going to wrap some, some things up. Um, and um, so right now I'm going to move right along. I'm going to go into the call of salvation. And uh, the call of salvation is, is real simple. Um, at, at some point, you know, you got to get real with yourself. You got to understand that some of the things you're doing that, you, yes, you're going to need help. Um, you can't do it alone. Um, yes, you can change your life by um, by faithfully um, being real with yourself, taking that mask off and saying to myself that, you know, Father God, you know, I've tried this my way, and it's really not working out, you know, What's working out is more turmoil, uh, more chaos, and I want that out of my life. So I'm going to turn my life over to you where I know that with you controlling the destinies and the things that you have set forth for me to do, I would do, and I would do it joyfully in your name. And I renounce sin, and I will just cast sin out of my life and move forward here in your light. And once you said that or say something similar to that, you know, you're, you're, you're saved. The only thing you had to do is just tell somebody. Just let someone know that I've turned my life over to Christ. I've turned over a new leaf. Um, and you're, you're a new creature, and you, you're, you know, you're setting yourself forth with uh, the beginning of a new life. And um, welcome to the kingdom. And uh, may you continue to, to walk in there. And some people may need a rededication. They may need to redo that or, or, or just renew, just dedicating their, their lives to Christ. Um, sometimes the first time, you know, might not be the charm. Sometimes it may take a second time. Or just take as many necessary steps as you can to getting closer to Christ. And, um, you know, getting to learn your Bible and, uh, you know, find some fellowship. And if you can't find fellowship, you know, you know, you're welcome here, and we're broadcasting almost each and every night that we can. And, um, 
We're a church without walls, so welcome. You can welcome here until you find that church home uh, where we suggest you, you seek out a Bible-believing teaching sanctuary that will nurture you in the word of Christ. All right, and um, just going to the announcements. Um, this is the Product Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you listen to us via phone or Internet, we greatly appreciate your listenership and support. And uh, we also thank those to share with their friends and family members, letting them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live show, we do have a, uh, a call-in number. And you can also go to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. That call-in number is 319-527-6091. Anytime you want to talk to any of the hosts, you just press the number one, and we'll get you in there. Okay. Um, also, uh, we invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook, where you can see our upcoming shows and advertisements. And from time to time, we do make major announcements on that social media pages as well as others. Um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter at the handle Purpose underscore Kingdom. All right. And um, also, uh, if you want to hear music of inspiration, please check out our radio station, which is pkn.com, where you can listen to 24 hours of music of inspiration. All right, and um, tomorrow at the 8 p.m. hour, uh, we will have the PKN Bible Challenge. Uh, please check it out. Um, it's going to be hosted by me, and we're going to have uh, some various hosts from PKN on there. We're going to have a night of fun and trivia and getting to learn the Bible. So please check it out, and please join us tomorrow evening at the 8 p.m. hour for the PKN Bible Challenge. And um just let your friends and family members know it's going to be a night of fun. So uh, just check it out, and um, let's have fun tomorrow night. Okay, and with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and we're going to do the wrap-up of tonight's show. All right, and um, by me uh, just letting you know, you know, how uh, we fall into that, you know, to certain traps of, you know, just being human and how we have to, constantly work on ourselves. You know, um, when I said that um, practice make purpose, you know, I really mean that because, you know, we can get out of step and out of line uh, from ourselves where we just totally and just totally and truthfully, you know, um, not being ourselves. Where we get trapped into where, you know, we're saying we're not living the lives that, you know, I'm not living the life that I'm supposed to live. But how do you know that? You know, the only designator of, you know, how you're supposed to turn out and what you're supposed to do is God. And you have to, if you feel as though you're not doing what you're supposed to do or what you're doing is not worthwhile and that this is not what you intended to start out doing, you know, you wanted to be, uh, you know, an actress, but you wound up being a waitress, you know, some things and some roles are, are designed for us where it may lead us up to being an actress. It may, you know, but it's not etched in stone that what you, what you have in mind for being for yourself being is not what it's supposed to be or what it's intended to be. You know, we have to understand that in order to understand ourselves, we have to understand what God intends for us. You know, um, I can't be an astronaut because I like the idea of going out in space. I can't be an underwater sea explorer without having any kind of experience or anything leading up to that. 
you know, a lot of things that we do, even though we think that, yes, I was meant to do this or I wanted, always wanted to do this, there's always some kind of is that we have to go through. We have some, some sort of exercise. And it's not just one time. You know, a lot of people think that they can just see something one time and they can do it. They may, you know, um, see something and feel engaged and feel uh, attracted to it and say, oh, man, I want to do that or I want to be that, you know. But the the people that are doing certain things, there's a buildup. It's something that they have to do before they achieve things. You know, when we um, set out to achieve and do things, you know, it's not just uh, just because I want or I, this is what I, I want to do. It's a, it takes it takes practice. It takes a buildup. It's nothing that happens overnight. You go to sleep and you wake up and say, okay, I'm going to be a banker. You know, it's it just it, you know everything is a buildup. It's a it's a lead to something else. You know, one of the things that I, um, that I thought was funny is that certain jobs I had, it was a, you know, it was a build-up to another job, another better job. And, you know, so it was like one job, I would have a horrible boss. It's constantly on me. And another job was, was that I had an okay boss, but he wasn't firm on everybody. And you have to have discipline in order to get your your, your task accomplished. You know, everything is is, is a, a buildup of everything you 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 going through in life. Everything is a life experience where you carry it over into the next whatever you're doing with the next endeavor. You know, and, and one one of the greatest things that um that you learn, you know, when I read uh, Luke chapter Luke. Whereas though when everybody's in a panic and you're in total calm, that's the way everyone should be. Everything is not a panic button situation. Everything is is this is not a not a problem. Um, so real quickly, I want to play a song before we leave, and um, also um, as part of the announcements. Um, so our very own evangelist, uh, Trina Lindsay Harrison, she's going to be speaking at um, her church's Women's Day, and it's going to be at Refuge Evangel- uh, Evangelistical Baptist Church Church at 11, 1100 Oak Lane in Philadelphia, PA. So if you're in the Philadelphia area and uh, you don't have a church home and you want to um, hear some uh, inspirational, inspiring words, uh, just check out the Women's Day at uh, the Refuge Evangelistical Baptist Church at 1100 Oak Lane, and that's in Philadelphia. And uh, so uh, don't forget, if you want to support our very own uh, Evangelist Trina, he's going to be speaking at Women's Day there. All right? And um, sorry about almost forgetting to make that announcement. All right? And um, also, um, speaking on a different subject, if you're hungry, uh, just check out my my um my people uh, at Jamrock Kitchen, and that's at uh, 502 North 63rd Street in Philadelphia. Also, so if you're hungry, 
Uh, please check out Jamrock Kitchen. That's that's my people. Uh, so check it out. Um, and like I said, that's at uh, 502 North 63rd Street. Great oxtails. Um, I love oxtails. Oh, man. And um, it is uh, a place you should check out if you're hungry, like I said. And you'll probably continue to check it out because uh, they great food. Everything on the menu is perfect. Um, they have homemade juices. This oh, man, this is fabulous. Uh, it's making me hungry right now. But um, let's get off the oxtails and let's back, get back to the wrap-up. Okay, so um, tonight I'm going to play a song, and um, we don't have the rights to it. I'm going to play it, and um, then we're going to wrap up the show. So um, please enjoy this song, and then we'll wrap things up. Yes, 
you know, um, God has your your pathway in your in, in your hands. He has, you know, basically the ultimate outcome of what you're supposed to do and, and where you belong, and you know, not just the world, but we belong Christ. And don't forget, you know, ultimately, you know, that's where we want to end up, and that's where we want to be at. So, um, yes, um, there are times that we have that awkward feeling that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be me, or I wish I could just, you know, be taken away and to a different place where, because I'm, I'm not happy right here with what's going on. So, um, you know, just keep the faith, and always remember that, you know. Um, if you don't believe in yourself, you know God does. He, he believes in you. He didn't. It's you know. It's not a. You're you're not a wasted investment that He created. All right. With that being said, hey, um, I'm going to be out of here. Peace. Um, please, you know, uh, check us out later on, um, tomorrow and you know, and for the rest of the week, uh, we got um, hopefully some outstanding programs that you know you guys will feel comfortable with, and um, that you can you know enjoy yourself. All right, so with that being said, I'm out of here. Peace. Um, take care. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never want to see me down, I will not lose.